Hey, Mabel. Hey, Tori. This is Hey Playwright, a podcast about playwriting and life. Hey, Mabel. Hey, Tori. It's like every week she gets deeper and deeper. I love it. Finally going to hit puberty one of these days, Tori. That's right. And it's going to be on this podcast. Hey, Tori, were you a writer in high school? Yes. When did you realize that writing was your thing? Um, I started writing when I was really young, actually. I wrote morality stories and stuff like that. And I still have some of them, like how to be a good friend. And I still remember I wrote one called Ben's New Ball. I was in, I think it was fifth grade. And my mom started collecting my stories and she actually sent them off to a publisher. But then we didn't really follow up on it, you know, because it, it maybe it required something for me to do that I couldn't wrap my head around. I don't remember. I'll have to ask my mom about it. But yeah, and, and I'll tell you something. I continued to write through junior high and in high school. And even in my theater class, in my acting class, we wrote plays and it brought me great joy. We, we wrote Greek tragedies. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we did. Because um, that's what we were studying. It was a lot of fun. But I remember one year, and it might have been my sophomore year, for Christmas that year, under the tree, there was this box. And I really wanted a keyboard because I wanted to start a band and I wanted to learn how to play keyboard. And... <laughs> You know, and I was really into was the like Duran. Duran. That's what I well, that's what I I wanted, but I I peaked at my Christmas gifts. Yes, I did. I peaked, and I looked because I the the anticipation was just too much. I peaked, and I went. I think this is a typewriter. It was a typewriter. My mom just knew. She knew that's what my strength was. And she helped nurture that. And so for that, I am forever grateful to my mom. I, of course, I had to give up my dreams of being in a synth pop band. But I did continue to write. I'm glad. But I also want to say, Tori, it's not too late. Mm. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Um, what about you? What about you, Mabel? Oh, yeah, same. I knew when I was really young. As soon as I learned how to write, I was off. My favorite English teacher, she was the greatest. Oh, I love this one. Like, she got me. And I had a pretty good relationship with teachers, but there were two teachers at my high school that, that just got me. They, they let me be me. They let me do what I needed to do to get by. And so one of the things that that she would do is every day she would give us time to do like a free write. And every day of my English class, she would give me the floor so that I could read what I wrote. <laughs> every single day, I tortured my classmates with the most, and I was writing a serial. Like it was just like, what's going to happen today? What happened yesterday? Like everything ended with a cliffhanger and it was ridiculous. So you have to remember, I was going through, like, this was like Quentin Tarantino. I had just seen oh, no. that changed 
everything for me. And so what were you writing? Was it dark? Like just, yeah, it was totally dark because when I heard what Quentin Tarantino did with language, it changed everything for me. It was the reason why I decided to study what I studied, but I was writing that and she, she let me do it. Wow. I mean, and, and Reservoir Dogs is, it's brutal. I mean, all of his films have those, those scenes, right? So, ah, that I'd love to see what you wrote, especially knowing what, what your recent work has been like, you know, to look back and reflect on that. But also I'm like, wow, I want to see what kind of gritty scenes you've got going on. (laughs) It was clearly the work of an angry child. I was writing my truth, but like I said, I remember that my classmates would applaud every day. I would share, they would applaud, and then we would move on to the lesson. It was ridiculous. It was very theatrical and unnecessary. And I'm sure everybody hated me and they were applauding to make fun of me. Who knows? I don't know. I don't think in high school kid they would applaud if they weren't really giving you props unless they were also making faces at you while they did it you know like the they might have been but you know i was busy i was eyes on the paper kind of situation man kudos to that teacher she was one of the the teachers that made my high school experience fun in high school i really did enjoy high school for reasons that had nothing to do with the academic portion well yeah but she, but she made but she made the academic portion really fun and like I said she let me be me. That's when I started shooting movies, oh. you know, instead of writing papers. So and she allowed oh. that. She was, it was really cool. She saw something in you and uh, and just embraced it and let you do it. And you know, that was good modeling for the other students whether they wanted to really listen to her or not. But it's like, look, you know, you can have this passion. And there are platforms for it. And she gave you that out and, or the outlet, I mean the outlet. <laughs> and boy, what a, what a good way to funnel your frustration into something um, that was meaningful to you. So the reason we're talking about high school, Tori, is because today's guest happens to still be in high school. You were talking about dialogue. Uh, she really has a dial in. She does an amazing job with dialogue and she's still in high school. I think, wow, this person is really someone to watch. Her name is Izzy Stir. I had the pleasure of mentoring her last year when she was one of the winners of the California Young Playwrights Contest. She wrote a beautiful play called Like Father, Like Daughter. And she is currently a senior. So I am eager to ask some questions about what it is like to be a senior in high school in these unique times. Welcome, Izzy. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Ah, we're so excited to have you. So it's a strange time to be a human, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What has it been like for you at school or virtually? Yeah, so my school, actually, I think the I'm in the San Diego district and our entire district has opted to stay online um, and they just committed to stay online through, I'm pretty sure, the first week of January. 
but yeah, it's it's a really weird time for learning. And I've, I personally always like school, but learning is just a lot different now. What are you planning for next year? Applying for college? Like, yeah. what, what, what is happening? Yeah, so I'm actually in like, uh, right in the brunt of college applications. And that's kind of a monster in of itself. It's a, it's a lot of work. But I'm planning on doing either dramatic writing or English major with concentrations in creative writing. And I'm kind of crossing my fingers, hoping I have a freshman year, but we're just going to have to see. I know in the past, it was a big deal to get to visit the college campuses, right? To do yeah. tours. What what are they doing now in lieu of that in-person experience? Well, I was actually pretty lucky. I started looking at colleges probably my sophomore year. So um, I went to the East Coast and looked at some, and I've seen like the ones nearby. So that'd be USD and UCSD. And my older sister, she graduated from Cal Poly um, up in San Luis Obispo. So I've seen that campus. But otherwise, most of colleges are doing just virtual events. So like live Q&A sessions. Um, there's lots of YouTube videos with like virtual tours, stuff like that. I will say this, Tori and Izzy. I applied to my college site unseen and said if I got in, I'm going. And I did. So I didn't, I didn't even do the college tour of where I went. And I went to the east coast for school i was just like Wah! the one school on the east coast that i applied to and so the rest is history the rest is history <laughs> that makes me feel a little better there's a lot of colleges i haven't even seen i've just seen pictures online I'm like that looks kind of nice like <laughs> i don't think i've even seen pictures of it oh we didn't have the internet we didn't have the <laughs> yeah. internet back then so it wasn't just like ah uh, yeah don't tell me <laughs> You're giving away our age. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I know. The internet. What's that? Actually, we did have internet. We had America online, but you had to pay, you know, you got, it was like 10 bucks for the first 10 minutes, something ridiculous. But I didn't have that kind of scratch when I was a kid. So, uh, so my point being, <laughs> not that I would necessarily recommend it, but I lived to tell about it and I had a fabulous time. So it, it all worked out well. Yeah, I, I love that. That's like having this sense of adventure, right? Which is, I think, important for writers. Playwriting is not a normal thing yeah. for, for kids to get into. And I say this as a fellow California Young Playwrights Contest winner. Mind you, it was a billion years ago. But Oh, but really? I, do, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was <laughs> ages <laughs> Five years yeah. ago. It was five years I, ago. Yeah, no. yeah, sure. yeah, we'll go five years ago. But really, I can I can actually say it was decades ago. Plural now. That's a sobering thought. But anyway, how did you get into playwriting? I first, I started getting into creative writing when I was really little. Um, I've just been writing short stories since I want to say I was six. Like we had this contest at our school and you could enter in short stories and these people would come in and perform it. And I think in fifth grade, I had my story selected for that. And ever since then, I've just been kind of in love with writing. I, I like scripts and prose mostly. I, I can't do poetry. I, I've tried doing poetry. And it, just, it doesn't go well for me. Um, but I actually did this writing program. Oh, I want to say it was in 2017. The School of the New York Times, they have this creative writing program that I went and attended. And we actually had a script unit and I just fell in love with it. I've always had fun with short stories, with dialogue. And I just kind of didn't really know playwriting was a thing teenagers did. So I was just like, oh, I'll just write short stories. But um, after that program, I I usually just do scripts now. I really love dialogue. Your dialogue is so strong. <laughs> Thank you. And, and, no, really, it, it's it's authentic. It 
feels really organic. I think you, you do a wonderful job with that. Was like father, like daughter, that wasn't your first script. That wasn't the first play you'd ever written or. That was my second play. I wrote, I want to say I wrote my first play two months before that. I, I really, oh. I really didn't even know what I was doing. I was Googling like standard play format to learn how to write it. Um, but that was my second play. So uh, let's <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't even know standard play format and you wrote that play? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that, I am that's amazing. That, that really is because I think that sometimes for beginning playwrights, that is the struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to figure out structure. Not that, and I will say this, not that I feel that you need to ugh, be restricted that way, right. right? Because so, so many powerful plays break all of those quote unquote standards. And right. I think, and I think it's important too, to, um, to play with form, but I am even more impressed. That is something I didn't know. And I was your dramaturg. How did I know that? <laughs> I think it's funny too. I actually took a screenwriting course over the summer through NYU, and I I, I haven't done screenwriting. I've only I'd only done playwriting up to that point. And I, I really like screenwriting, but I honestly think I like playwriting a little more because screenwriting is really strict, like beginning, middle, end. And all. I mean, unless you're like Tarantino, because he gets to break the rules because he's Tarantino, but. NYU, NYU, Mabel. That's the school that I never. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a good choice. <laughs> I love what you said about all of the different classes and opportunities and things that you've been doing to continue to hone your craft. How important would you say that is to continue to build those skills? I think it's really important. I've, I mean, honestly, one of the main ways I have gotten stronger as a re uh, writer is I read a lot. And when I started getting into playwriting, I started reading Annie Baker, Neil Simon, um, Tony Kushner. I just started reading a lot of plays because I was like, I, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to see how the people who know how to do this <laughs> do it. I, I'm a really firm believer in good education, which is why I'm looking into programs at a collegiate level, which is kind of funny because at my school, a lot of the kids are like STEM focused and they're like, oh, I'm going to go study ComSci and go make a bunch of money. And I'm like, well, I don't really know what happens after this. I just hope I get to write because that's what makes me happy. That's all that's important to me. I think that's the key, right? Finding that balance. I yeah. mean, we, we know we have to find ways to make money, but boy, if you are not fulfilled, if you're in a job that just sucks your soul, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, so I admire that and, and that you already know, I mean, that is something that takes people years to figure out. Like, you know, people my age still don't know that. So you mentioned some playwrights that you looked up when you were starting to do your research and, and figure out just how to, how to form and shape a play. So, and I know that Tony Kushner is one of your favorites. So mm -hmm. can you tell us what it is that draws you to his body of work? Um, well, Angels in, the, in America was the first play I've ever read. I got it when I was in New York for that program. I'm sure if you went to NYU, do you know the Strand bookstore? That's like, yeah. One of, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she might be offended if I asked if she knew that. Oh. What you all can't see is that Mabel and Izzy were holding up 
matching was those pencil cases yeah. <laughs> so i got it from there i i read it within a day i just it was so i've never read anything like it i honestly i don't even know how i can describe that play it's such a masterpiece it's so much going on in that play and i kind of just started looking around on the internet i was like well who should i read and i i really wanted to find um women playwrights too because you know there's popular male ones like i said neil simon especially because that, that was like a golden age of playwriting I think he had, there was a time where he had almost half Broadway playing some of his plays, <laughs> which is would wow. be insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just started reading a lot. For anybody who wants to write, that's important. Reading a lot and mm -hmm. also, you know, trying to consume as much theater as you can. Right now, it's yeah. different, right? Yeah, because <laughs> we're watching we're watching it through Zoom. But Mabel um, has pointed out that it's more accessible to people now. It's yeah. it's a little bit easier, right? Because you don't have to physically leave your house and the cost factor too is is making it more affordable for everybody. So yeah, yeah. so now, now is actually is a good time to at least be able to hear those plays. I know it's watching them on Zoom can be a little different, but still getting to hear those words out loud is... I honestly, I still can't fathom that the opening night was this year. It just was in January. It just, this year has felt so long. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, you're right. <laughs> We're in the same year. Yeah. Oh. Oh is God. that right? Yeah, it was in January. Yes, it was in January. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't oh. even imagine being in a room with that many people. Like, I know. that's insane. You know, you just blew my mind a little bit because it does. It feels so far away. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I'm yeah. so grateful that happened before everything. I That was honestly one of the best nights of my life. What happened? So you? it's the official titles plays by Young Writers Festival. Am I getting that right? Yes. Okay. So it's like there's a contest and then there's the festival. But, but so right. the contest is the California Young Playwrights Contest and the festival is the Plays by Young Writers Festival. So you have your script selected and then you get assigned to a dramaturge. And that's really, really fun. That's a really great relationship you get to build. And you go through editing. You get to sit in on a production meetings. There's rehearsals. And then when they start and it's professionally produced. So there's actors reading your words aloud on a stage, which is insane still. I, I like whenever I think about it, I just smile. Like, oh gosh. But before there's opening night, they have matinee performances for school children, which I actually didn't get to attend. And I'm now kicking myself because I couldn't go because I always had tests on those days. But now I'm like, that ended up being online school anyways. Like it would have been fine. But on opening night, I don't, do you know the, how many people were there? That was like the general public performance. That was a big space. It too. Yeah. Big. The Joan yeah. B. Croft the Joan Theater, Car right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In San Diego. Your plays performed, and afterwards, you get called up on stage to take a bow and just looking out. Oh, gosh. That was so surreal. <laughs> it was a lot of people. Right. Yeah. I was just standing there. I was, I was, I was so nervous for that night. But I, when I was up there, I was just like, oh, this is so worth it. Oh, I love that feeling. Great. <laughs> That feeling is magical. And your play, I have to say, was so beautiful. Thank you. I, I got emotional watching the rehearsal. 
And I definitely got emotional when I was there on opening night. It's just a really lovely... Uh, you want to give us a little plot summary, what, what the play's about? Yeah, so it basically follows the relationship of this um, father and daughter um, throughout middle school and high school, and they go through a bunch of obstacles. Um, the parents get divorced, and she like changes interests midway through high school um, and stuff of that nature. It's a really beautiful evolution of of both the characters, of both the father and the daughter. And I thought it was really sophisticated and definitely not something that I think the world would expect to be written by. How old were you when you wrote it? I think I was 16. 16, not, yeah. I don't, yeah, I think I was 16. It felt very sophisticated to me. I, I just thought it was beautiful. And the production team and actors, they were they did such an oh awesome job. Oh my gosh. It was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and just to clarify, that was fictional. Right. Yeah. I play, I mean, I'm sort of a firm, like I, there's a lot of famous authors and writers and playwrights that are like, Oh, everything I write, like Woody Allen, he's like everything I write, which he might not be the best example given his track record, but you know, got to separate the art from the artist. He always says that it's all, it's all fictional, but I don't know with my dialogue, I think it's, it's not, my parents aren't divorced. Um, but I think some of the lines that father had, it's some of the stuff my dad says to me all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Tori and I both agree that even though the character might not be going through something that we directly experience, we draw from ourselves. Right, you know, yeah. as artists, we pull from ourselves. Your characters were so multidimensional. And then you are a young person writing from the voice of, of a dad, of a dad of a teenage girl, which I, I thought was, and it felt authentic. It felt real. So great job. Thank you. <laughs> I think, wow, that's th the second play you've written. Oh my gosh, look out world. Because, <laughs> yeah. Are you um, working on any plays right now? What are you writing? I'm doing a lot of college essay writing, um, but for some of my schools, I have the chance for creative portfolios and I, I'm opting to do new works partly so I can just get into creative writing. Cause like once school starts and with college applications, it's really hard to find some free time again, which, um, but over quarantine, I was writing a script, but as part of that program, I just wrote a really short, it was 10 pages and it was actually a son and father. The father has passed away, but he's a character in the play and it just follows the son's, um, his grief through it. Uh -huh. uh, so when, when can we see it? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, we I think I'm, I'm submitting that one to NYU. So maybe if they'll like that, I'll, I'll ah! to you guys. <laughs> right on. Yes. What draws you to doing the, the two-hander plays? I, I don't know. It's kind of magnetic for me. I Even for my first one, I was like, oh, I'm just doing two-person because I, I don't really know what I'm doing. But I really like focusing on one relationship. I think I'm, I'm just able to do that better. I'd rather have that than like 10 kind of underdeveloped relationships, I think, in a script. Love your way of thinking. You had a sent me a note about a project that you are working on with a group of your peers. Do you want to tell us about that? I'm a part of this after-school humanities program. You meet three times a week for two hours. We have weekly readings in ethics, philosophy, civics, and theology, and we discuss that on Thursday. We meet Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But on Tuesday and Wednesday, we have these projects that range from local to global scale, one of the projects I'm on, we actually started like our own production company. So we've been working on scripts 
And right now we're working on curriculum just because of online learning. Because the switch to online learning in the spring, which I think a lot of um, students can agree with, it was just so abrupt that it was it was just kind of a mess, which that's not really on the school. It was just such an abrupt change and shift. But we're like, we think we could do it better. And there's not a lot of curriculum out there for students made by students. So we're working on that right now. What are you covering in your curriculum? I think right now we're focusing on script writing and then we're going to move over to playwriting. But with script writing, like I said earlier, like there's more formatting stuff. So it's just kind of basic plot structure. And that's what I'm going to be focusing on. What's the plan for the curriculum? Are you going to make this available to the public? Are you just keeping it at your school? Yeah, so we're still working on it. And I think um, our timeline is to be finished with it by the end of 2020. And it's just going to be written material and video supplemental series, we think, that sort of format. Um, and we're reaching out to a bunch of different programs like the North Coast Rep Theater, Playwrights Project. And we're just going to, I think we're going to try to distribute to as many programs as people want it. <laughs> That's amazing. It really is like that is such a great way to serve others, to help other people, especially other students that are going through the, the times that we're going through, giving them an outlet, a way to develop their creativity. Yeah, I think that's really important right now. Like over quarantine, I've just been reading and writing a lot. I think honestly, it's like a form of escapism, like just wanting to kind of forget about everything for an hour or two. Is is there anything else that you are doing to practice self-care or, you know, um, advice that you have for that for other students? I don't know. I think it's really important right now to, I, I think, especially just being a senior over the summer, um, it's a pretty important summer just like college application wise. I think it was really valid though. Like it was just tough mentally, like lots of anxiety, um, just like letting yourself like letting your feelings be valid right now, just with everything going on. Um, there's definitely people in worse situations, but it doesn't invalidate your feelings. And just taking time to do things you like. I like to read. I'm kind of a nerd, but I also like to watch Netflix and take a two hour nap. <laughs> so I'm trying to let myself do that while also minimizing my procrastination. Now you have a twin sister, right? Yeah, I do. Is she going through the same process with college applications and all that. Yeah, but our mom actually calls us yin yang twins because I'm humanities writing and she's interested in business <laughs> and was an athlete for the majority of high school. <laughs> wow. Whereas I yeah. get winded walking up the stairs to my room. So <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that would just be so fascinating to have a twin. Yeah, we're best friends. I can't imagine life any other way. I love having a twin. Have you guys ever had the weird twin experiences? Oh, oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. If, if she is laughing, like if she's being tickled, like I will just start laughing. I usually know what she's thinking. Like I can just look at her and we just know each other really well. So yeah, that, that, that's weird. <laughs> it's not like the shining. It's not like the creepy the shining, I promise. But yeah. I'm just so intrigued by that of you know, the feeling, the same feelings and knowing what somebody else is thinking. Cause I think you can be close. Like Mabel is very close with her sister, but Mabel, they're not twins though. Do you and Z have that experience? We do. Wow. We totally do. We have the same thoughts. What's really annoying is that I'll start to say something and then my sister says it before I do. So <laughs> yeah. she like beats me to the punch all the time. It's really frustrating. But yes, I, not the tickle thing, though. The physical like, that's tricky. But yes, <laughs> something similar. I will say this, though. 
Tori and I are starting to get on this like weird. We're starting to we're starting to hang out with each other too much because we're we're starting to have the same bizarre thoughts. That yeah, really odd. It is bizarre. Like not just books, phrases, uh, ideas, like play. Yeah. I, it's. I would yeah. like to think that we're not hanging out too much. I think. No, no, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Too much in a good way. <laughs> okay. I'll take it. Good I'll take it. <laughs> so this is a big ask, right? Because it's about thinking, ah, into the future. Oh, when sometimes it's good to just be okay, like with where you are, right? Mm-hmm. Being in the moment. Mabel and I did a um, an exercise with students recently, which was writing a letter from your future self to your current self. So what would your letter say? Like oh, your God. future self in, let's just say 20. It, it was 20 years. Yeah. 20 years. Oh God. <laughs> so the year is 2040. That's not a real year. <laughs> <laughs> I would probably tell myself, well, first of all, I hope I have either a cat or dog. And if I don't have that, I would need to fix that immediately. I'd say I'm, I, I think I'm fearful of that one day I'm going to just start straying away from writing. It's just ambitious, so it's it's scary at some points, especially with, like, applying to college for it. I'm just like, oh, oh gosh, it's, like, it's becoming really real. Um, so I hope I would just tell myself to keep going back to that because that's, like, what, what I know, and that's what really just makes me happy. I think as long as I tell myself that, maybe I'd listen to myself and be like, okay, yeah, let's start writing again. <laughs> You love writing. Is there is there a plan B? Are you like, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to become an accountant? <laughs> I don't know if my uh, background with math would agree with that, but <laughs> I have a pretty broad range of interests. I'm interested in like politics. So like, I think speech writing would be cool, but that involves writing or teaching. I think going into academia, that would be really awesome too. Oh, wow. Speech writer. <gasps> yeah. Okay. I just watched like West Wing for the first time and I finished that a few weeks ago. I haven't seen that it. Might be I but I love Aaron Sorkin. So I'm saving it for, for the day that I have like a massive surgery and I can just binge. That's like the dessert that I'm keeping. It took me the entirety of quarantine. That is a, oh, God. oh really? I love Sorkin oh. though. Gosh, it was so good. Anything Sorkin is good. Anything Sorkin. The Social Network. That's one of my favorite movies. Oh, me too! Yeah. Oh, God, the dialogue in that. It's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And my dad actually had tickets to see To Kill a Mockingbird, which which I think it's still on Broadway. But that was the what? night of the power outage in New York. Uh, so we didn't see it. I was I was really bummed because it's Sorkin and it's To Kill a Mockingbird. And Jeff Daniels is in it too. Oh, God. Yeah. Did you watch The Newsroom? Yeah. So good. Uh, <laughs> Corey, have you seen The Newsroom? No. Oh, you should write that down. Write that. <laughs> yeah, write I know. That I'll totally check it out. You're you're really focused. What would you say keeps you driving forward? Caffeine. <laughs> 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 I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I don't know how this happened. I have a coffee addiction at 17. It's probably not healthy, but I like if I don't, if I don't have coffee, I get headaches in the day. <laughs> What's your caffeine regimen? Oh, probably one to two a day it's not too bad but I need to have some I had this really hard math class freshman year and it was first period and I was always so tired so I'd like to blame it on that but otherwise I've always just been a planner so I'm kind of just lucky I've usually been able to stay motivated I think quarantine really 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 hurt that for a while 
it was hard to stay focused on the big picture, but I think with starting college again, that's like, that's helping me. Your parents are great too. They, it seems like you've got a really, you've got a great support system, right? Yeah, I know I'm, I'm a teenager and I'm supposed to be like, uh, gross, my parents, but I, I love my parents. They're awesome. Gosh, that warms my heart. It's so good to hear that from a teenager. No, really. I mean, really. I'm sure at one point, I probably, like when I was 13 and a lot more angsty, I probably was like, ew, what are you saying? But no. Oh, well, I'm good to hear that too. Because I, <laughs> I have a, or I'm glad to hear that too. There's hope. <laughs> hey. We don't really mean it. We're just, we're just, there's a lot going on. <laughs> I feel that. I'm newly a mom of a teenager. My kid just turned 13. So he hasn't gotten to the I hate you, mom part yet but it's coming it's cool. I'm ready for it I'm ready for it so are we gonna do our asking for a friend so this is an asking for a friend from my daughter oh okay, okay. and and so the question is what side of TikTok are you on oh okay generally right now I'm on like alt TikTok but I am on hardcore Harry Potter TikTok right now. Like my entire, I just keep scrolling and it's all Harry Potter. <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. Well, I you need, now you gotta break it down. Do first. you need the spark notes? Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, there's two sides. It's called like straight TikTok and then alt TikTok. And straight TikTok is basically like dancers and like all those influencers. I don't like that. And alt TikTok is just weird. Like it's just like, but it's better. It's it's hard to explain. Like you'll see frogs on alt TikTok, but you're gonna see people dancing as a gene advertisement on straight TikTok. <laughs> so is alt TikTok like a different app, or it's, it's no, it's it's all one app. It just it just depends what kind of videos you get on your um, for you page. I keep threatening my kids that I'm gonna get a TikTok account because I do animation, and so I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get a oh, TikTok cool. account, and I'm gonna have like my animation on on TikTok. Would that be on alt TikTok? Yeah, that would be on, yeah, that'd be on alt TikTok. All right, so I know what side I'm on. <laughs> oh, gee. I know. Thank you for explaining that to me. I know that if I had asked my daughter to explain it. I'm, I'm probably not doing it justice. My twin sister, she's been on it longer. I, I just got it over quarantine. It's honestly killed my attention span. Like, in, I'm in class and I'm like, we're talking about the same thing for 20 minutes and I'm just used to like 10 second videos. <laughs> okay, Izzy, do you have a writing prompt for our listeners why not a writing prompt about you had a zoom bomber crash your math class today who was it and what happened <gasps> How... that's a great one <laughs> has that happened to you no unfortunately i'm kind unfortunately. of I, as, long as, as long as it's not offensive right. like i don't want some random coming and being offensive but if it's like sometimes they're funny and sometimes it's like John Mulaney crashing in on college oh, classes. Wow, that's he's what? one of my favorite favorite comedians. <laughs> wow. I want I want him to crash in on my Zoom. How do you <laughs> Yeah, me too. How do you sign up for <laughs> that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. This is a fantastic prompt though. I feel like it's very timely. Very It is very timely. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. And there's a lot of calls for Zoom plays right now. Yeah, yeah. And so that could lead to something. I entered a contest through Theater Mania. It's like a young playwrights contest and I was an honorable mention. <gasps> so they um they live streamed one of my plays. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. They live streamed the play? And you didn't tell me? I can I'll send you the link. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, congratulations. Oh, that is <laughs> wonderful. Oh my gosh. Can you watch it right now? 
Like, is it on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, I think it's on it's on YouTube, but they have like a website and stuff, so I can <gasps> I can send amazing. I'll send that to Tori and she can send it. To yeah. You. Put it in, well, is it okay if we put it on on the show notes? Yeah, sure. It just remind, reminded me like Zoom plays, and I was like, oh wait, I did that. That we did like I I read stage directions for it. They just recorded it. It was really cool. Okay, so you you have to promise us that whenever you have something being performed please tell us i know i'm kicking myself that i didn't send it oh my you. gosh i would i promise i promise that's i swear that's the only other thing yeah no i would love to support you and i want to see what you're writing i want to see what the younger generation is interested in and investigating i hope you guys know with the contest that the dramaturgy part really honestly might be the best part of that whole experience i loved having Tori. <laughs> <laughs> I loved working with you. I mean, really, it, it was it was just a wonderful partnership. And you really dug into the rewriting process. And it was admirable what what you did. I thought that was so great. You made it easy. You, you were good at discerning what you thought needed to be addressed. And you just did a beautiful job with it. Writing is rewriting, right? Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, it was it was just such a pleasure to get to talk with you today. I'm so yeah, thank glad thank you again you so much. On. So fun. Well, we're going to check in with you again. So I hope you'll come back and join us again. And yes, please, well, please keep send us anything that you're doing. Girl Scouts honor, I will. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Bye. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know... You know, Tori, do you know what I feel like singing? Although I don't think that we're allowed to do so because we might have some kind of copy. You know what I want to sing right I, now, I right? I do know what you want to sing right now. A little number by the late, great Whitney Houston mm -hmm. talking about believing children are the future. Yes. Doesn't Izzy give you hope? Oh, yeah. She encapsulates everything that makes a good human, you know? And she still likes her parents. Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, her parents are pretty great. <laughs> and I have to say that her prompt about a Zoom bomb, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. What a great prompt. So I'm really excited to see what I can do with that. But you know, that, that type of passion about your work is contagious. And just about living life and being positive. The glass is half full, people. Yes. All right, Tori, so another great show that we can send off into the universe. Remember us, dear listeners, we are at heyplaywright.com. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. If you like what you heard today, share it with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a note, you know, telling us if you, if you liked it or not. You can go ahead and leave us a review. And if you have an asking for a friend question, feel free to email it to heyplaywright at gmail.com. Or if there is someone that you would love to hear us interview, let us know. We would love to hear from we you. We would love to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. All right, Tori. With that, go hum yourself a Whitney Houston song. Okay. <laughs> go forth and, and be creative. All right. And see